some things in the, in, the, in the Word of God that will change your whole life. And I want to, I, I know when we went to small services, it's much more intimate, so it's always nice. So I can have uh, all people's attention. So all the ushers can just see the hands and just, if you can help us. The Word of God can never change. While we wait for the ushers, hear me. The Word of God can never change. Things change. People change. Technology change. The Word of God stays the same forever. If it's written 3,000 years ago, it still has power today. Who believes that? Amen. Let's try that again. Who believes that? Amen. Okay, one more time. Who really do believe that? Amen. Just by the way, with the Spirit of the Lord is His liberty. So you can have liberty to jump, to shout, to clap, to, to run, to dance. Just do whatever you want to do, alright? Are you fine with that? You will see I'm a shouting preacher, I'm a crying preacher, I'm a running preacher, I'm a rolling preacher. So I, I go crazy. Alright, so don't let me be the only crazy one in this place. Amen. Hallelujah. So, just here is hands. There's a hand there. For those of you that needs paper. I'm going to teach and preach. So the preaching will get you excited and the teaching will cut to your heart. Because I believe that there's something that the Lord wants to do today. Especially in the hour that we are living in. By the way, as we wait for the ushers, I want you to do me a favor. Would you tell your neighbor, alright, we win. Tell them, we win. Try that to the one that you like. Turn to the neighbor you like and say, we win. We win. Come on, say it like you believe it. We win. So everybody's got a piece of paper. All right, so let's go. We're going to get into the Word of God today. I want to, I want to come to a couple of verses just now, but let's start with this. In this pandemic that everybody called the COVID-19. What is the first thing that has been attacked? It's people's finances. People lost jobs. People have been retrenched. Businesses have closed down. So the main concern is finances. Am I right if I say that? How many people that's in this building right now needs a financial breakthrough, a financial turnaround? Be honest, you're in church, you can't lie. Lift those hands. All right, so you need a financial breakthrough. And I always say this, that if you ever come into a place in your life where you don't need money, yeah. Uh, I never want to be at that place because I always want to push more, do more for the kingdom of God. Is everybody here? You want to push for more, you want to do more. And so the first thing that the enemy is attacking is people's finances. And I see this all over the world. But what I believe, and I said this earlier, that I believe that's coming to the body of Christ is two things that the Lord is going to do. And there's four things in the body of Christ that the Lord is going to repair. And four of those things I want to quickly mention. And uh, if you want to, you can write this down. First and foremost, the Lord is going to repay in the body of Christ is healing. A lot of people um, don't know how healing operates. And I understand that in the body of Christ, a lot of people has taken healing and they made a game out of it and mocked it and, you know, paid people to say they are sick, etc. And then there come people like me praying for people and they think that you do the same thing. So I, I believe that healing is going to be restored in the body of Christ. First of all, number one that's going to be restored. The healing is number two. First of all, number one is minister, ministering. Ministry is going to be restored completely. The Lord is bringing a differentiation between the real church and the false church. The real, true followers of Christ, there's a big difference. Please hear me. There's a big difference between being a follower and being a fan. And the Lord is going to differentiate between followers and fans. And, and listen, weeks ago, when people looked at the system, it was very different for people to differentiate between what's false and what's, what's not false, what's true. 
A lot of people called what's true false and what's false they call true. But the Lord is bringing a differentiation between it. So ministry will be restored. Number two, healing. I believe healing is going to be restored up to such a place that God is not going to wait for somebody's gifting, but your very, your very relationship with the Lord will get people healed. The overflow, let me call it the residue of Christ in you will heal people. You'll stand, you, you're, listen, you're not even going to have to pray for people. Your very presence now I'm talking to people that live in a secret place. You come out of that secret place, your very presence will heal people because of the residue of Christ that's in you. I like to call it a sovereign move of God. There's coming a sovereign move of God all over the world. And do you know what? There's nothing that the devil can do about it. There's nothing that demons in hell can do about it. Come on, there's nothing that the world can do about it. It's coming and it's coming like a train and you better jump on it or you're going to miss out. Number three, prophecy will be restored. Some prophesy, some prophesy. You know what the Lord spoke to me? He said that the, and there's a scripture for this. He says, woe to the prophets who prophesize falsely in my name, who said stuff that I never said. So I know that a lot of people, you know, today in, in uh, society, if I have a prophetic meeting, the church is full. Everybody wants a word of God. Can I teach you how to get a word of God every single day? It's absolutely easy. You read the word. You say, Vessel, I want an audible word from God. All right, read your Bible out. Read it out loud. You, Paul says all can prophesy do you know what the greatest prophecy is when I declare the word of God by faith over my life when I declare this the Lord keep me come on he makes his face shine upon me he, he will take care of my children you stand in the mirror every morning and you declare the word of God you are the greatest prophet of your own life you can't lie when you declare the word of God so people can't say you prophesy falsely because it's the word of God and the word of God is not false who understands that all right, so prophecy will be restored. And then number four, and this is a no-no in some circles, but number four, finances. The money of the just will be restored like we've never seen before. And what I want you to understand this day is the way forward for the church financially is not the way you used to operate finances before this virus. Because I believe the Lord allowed this virus. He didn't send the virus. Come on, He didn't send the virus. Let me say that again. He didn't send the virus, this virus is from the pit of hell, but God uses this virus for our good. I always look at when there's a shift happening, I know there's something else attached to it. So there's a shift to the body of Christ. So financially, the way you used to operate your finances is no more. Trust me on this one. I promise you right now that your sowing account and your investing account will never do what your sowing account will do. Think about this. Seed. Seed doesn't know there's a pandemic right now. Seed doesn't know people are losing their jobs. Seed doesn't know people are, are rioting in the streets. Seed doesn't know that. The only thing that seed knows is what he is, his DNA is called to do, and that's to produce. Shout hallelujah if you understand this. Now what you do, I'm going to read you a scripture that I read this morning, and then I'm going to teach. I'm going to preach now, and then I'm going to teach quickly. Alright, so in Exodus, I'm going to quote this and I'll read a scripture later on. In Exodus, the Bible says that Israel was stuck in Egypt as slaves. And I want people to, to hear this right now. They were stuck in as slaves because Israel became sinners. They followed other gods. Every single time they sin, you will always see bondage. Now let me, let me explain this to you. Have you ever noticed, sometimes when you drive through an area, you can smell poverty. You can smell bondage. Who knows what I'm talking about? And, and you might say, well, do you believe it's all of sin? 
I believe that the fall of man and everything that's wrong in the world today is because of sin. Sin, sin is, is part of this. And, and if you're a sinner, hear me, then you're a slave. You're a slave to sin. I said this morning, our problem in South Africa is our alcohol. You know how people fought over social media because of alcohol? They, people were even waiting 4 o'clock in the morning, 4 a.m. in the mornings in front of tops to open up. And they even had the bride there. I never see people queue like that in, a, in, in, in front of a church. They don't want the word of God. They want to drink and drink some more. And, the, and this is why I, I can tell you this. They reckon South Africa is one of the nations with the most drinking problems in the world. The most drinkers here in South Africa. So if you want to get rich, get a bottle store. Start your own bottle store and then... And the same people that stands in the, in the bottle store queue is the same ones that stood in the queue when they handed out food parcels. It's crazy. It's a, and, and you know, that's a pandemic by itself. Our alcohol consumption. Our children, our children being raised by an alcoholic fathers and mothers. That's a pandemic by itself. So they blew up this whole COVID virus thing. And I know why. And a lot of people might say, well, don't you believe in the real virus? I believe in the real blood of Christ. But this thing is to push for a one world government, one world order, try to stop the religion in, in our nations, in the nations of the world. Think about this. If it's not this thing, it's going to stop and there will be a new thing. And a new thing. And everything is racial. Everything. You can get the flu that's because of race. It's so stupid because people don't understand there's a demon behind it. Shout yes if you believe that. So to come back to what I tried to say is, Every time they sinned, there's bondage. Israel was sinners, and they became, they became in bondage. They fell into bondage, and they became slaves of Israel, of Egypt, rather. And the Lord raised up Moses for a time as this. And He raised you up for a time as this. Come on, He raised your neighbor up for a time as this. Come on, He raised your children up for a time as this. And here's, here's the powerful thing. That when, when, when Moses went to Pharaoh, he said to Pharaoh, let my people go. And I like what, what chapter 10 speaks about. He says, so let my people go. And Pharaoh said, after the Lord was striking Egypt with, with pestilence and famines, etc. Pharaoh told him, all right, you can leave. But you're not allowed to take your, your, your uh, cattle. You can't take your flock. All right. You can't take your animals. But you can take your, your folks, your, your, your nation and leave. And then Moses said, there's no way. I'm not leaving without all our cattle. But what Moses didn't understand was while he was arguing about, I want my cattle, the Lord says that he hardened the heart of Pharaoh. Because God always knows what you don't know. You see, when God starts to bless you, he doesn't give you back what's yours. He gives you back what's his. And I'm going to get to that right now. So the Bible says, so the word of God came to Moses and he said to Moses, stretch out your hands towards the heavens. And when Moses did it, a darkness, the Bible says, the darkness was so dark it can be felt. You could have felt the darkness. You can say this in any language. This is exactly what the world is going through right now. A darkness that we've never experienced before. And let me tell you this. It's going to get worse. Not for us. For the world. And I'll tell you now why not for us. Because the Bible says for three days Egypt became so dark they couldn't see each other. The people couldn't leave their homes. But the Bible says but the Israelites that was living as slaves in Egypt. They had lights in the house. So they had light while the whole of Egypt was in darkness. Don't you tell me, if, even if the world gets as, at its darkest point, you will always be a light carrier. Christ is your light. I said, Christ is your light. 
and he's your salvation. Whom shall we fear? If come on, if God before you, who can be against you? So the Bible says that the whole of Egypt had darkness, but not the Israelites. Do you get what I'm trying to get you? The whole world will get darker and darker and darker, but he promises that he will never forsake the just. So long story short, long story short, the Bible says that Moses told his, his uh, nation, he told Israel, he said, go back to Egypt and ask each one to give us some gold and to give us some silver. Now please hear me. He was arguing with Pharaoh for the cattle. He was his cattle back and his people. And God said, no, 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 there's more. I just prophesied, I didn't get this. God said, no, there's more. There's more. No, I'm not just going to give you the cattle. So what, what happened was, the Israelites went back to Egypt and they said, give us some gold and silver. And Egypt gave Israel gold and silver. In other words, the enemies blessed them with gold and silver. Why did God allow that for them to have received the gold and the silver? Because the Bible says the gold and the silver is mine, says the Lord. And also all the cattle on a thousand hills belongs to me. So when God blessed Israel, He didn't say, I'm going to give you 50% blessing. Just the cattle. He says, no, no, you take back whatever is mine. The gold is mine. The silver is mine. But you know our problem today, what the people do? We allow Egypt and Pharaoh to keep our stuff. You know, so many people have been been resisted and fought with the devil the devil has torn you apart and you know what you walk away scarred and you allow him to keep your marriage you allow pharaoh and egypt to keep your finances come on you allow him to keep your business and your money it's time that you say hang on i'm not leaving without my stuff and come on i'm not just leaving with the cattle i have i'm not leaving with what what is mine i'm leaving with what is his can the church of Jesus Christ awake in this hour and understand that God's blessing is yours? Even if there's a pandemic, I am part of the blessing of Abraham. Shout hallelujah if you believe that. Now, by the way, if you believe that the word of God never changes, it means that it's still in effect for today. That I'm still in covenant with God. God's covenant remains for a thousand generations. Say thousand. So I want you to picture this. The whole of Egypt is dark. The, the nation of Israel is in bondage. But the scripture says, as Egypt is dark, they can't even see each other. God provided for his own. There's light. The darker the world becomes, the brighter the light will shine. God says, I'm not letting you go with what you have. Listen, that's not profit. Let me say that again. That's not profit. God doesn't just want to bless you with what you have. He wants to give you profit. He wants to give you some extra. Why? Because he's not El Getbai. He's El Shaddai. So God says, you're not, you came to Egypt with cattle. You're not just living with cattle. You're also living with gold and silver. Why? Because it does not belong to Egypt. It belongs to me. Now, who believes that? Who believes if God, to him belong the gold and the silver, I'm a hair. I'm next in line. God said, I am next in line. I try to minister to your spirit man right now that you receive this word. I am next in line. So listen to what the book of Galatians says. The Bible, the Bible says this in the book of Galatians. He says, uh, Galatians chapter 3, he says in verse 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. 
that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promises of the Spirit through faith. So here, here the Bible teaches us clearly that we are blessed beyond the curse. You know, the curse of the law kept you in bondage. It kept you poor. It kept you sick. There were certain rituals to, 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 uh, to do when you were sick. Now there's one ritual, the name of Jesus. And it's not a ritual, a ritual, it's a relationship. You call upon the name of the Lord and He heals you. Now, who understands this? If I speak about prosperity, prosperity is a, is a four-letter word in most circles. People hate when you speak about prosperity because people think prosperity is money always. Oh, He wants money again. Well, let me explain this to you. The only way that I can experience godly blessings is if I operate godly principles. I can't experience, you know, it's impossible for me to pray for you for financial breakthrough unless you're a sower. Because then God has to go back on His word. Who understands that? He has to violate His own word. His word says, give and it shall be given. A good measure, shake it together, press down and running over. Well, man, give unto your bosom. She doesn't know there's a famine. That seed doesn't even know there's a drought. That seed knows one thing I must produce. Come on, that's my DNA. That's the way I've been created to bring forth a harvest. Yes. Now, so the word of God says that we are part of the blessing of Abraham. The blessing of Abraham consists of something else. So the word also says that the blessing of Abraham has come upon the Gentiles. I'm a Gentile. You're a Gentile. If you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. In other words, so the blessing of Abraham has come upon us. I heard many people tell me that they don't read the Old Testament anymore because we're no longer part of the Old Testament. We're part of the New Testament. Well, that's wrong, by the way. Don't quote Galatians then. Galatians quote Old Scripture, Old Testament, Old Covenant Scriptures. Jesus, Jesus taught out of the Old Covenant. What did the early church preach out of? The Old Covenant. They didn't, come on, Peter didn't have Acts. No, he started Acts. But, but he didn't have Acts. He had to quote out of the Old Covenant. Now, if, the old, if they quoted out of the Old Covenant, how much more can we walk in the promises of God under the New Covenant? But people need to understand, for me to walk in the blessing of Abraham, I have to do what Abraham was doing. Uh, it gets quieter. I, I have to do what Abraham was doing. Say amen. amen. Now, I want to quickly read you something, teach on this. Jesus said the following. He said, you cannot serve God and mammon. He says, you can't serve both gods. You're going to love the one more than you love the other one. So what is mammon? Mammon is a money god. You know, the funny thing is, Jesus never quoted this. He didn't say, okay, you cannot serve God and Hare Krishna. He didn't say, you can't serve God and Muhammad at the same time. He didn't say, you can't serve God and Buddha. Because he knew that Muhammad and Buddha and Hare Krishna and all the other gods is no threat to his kingdom. But he said, you can't serve God and mammon. Mammon is money. The God of money. You can't serve both. So somebody says that money is the root of all evil. That's not scriptural. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. You know, heaven is full of it. Full of money. I said it earlier this morning. You, we fight for gold today. In heaven, we walk on it. So imagine this. If we value gold so much that God says the only thing that it's worth in heaven is to walk on. In other words, there's, there's better things in heaven than gold. There's things more worth more value than gold. I can just see it. When I said it, I just saw the Son of God. He's more precious than all the gold. Than all the silver. Come on, and all the rubies and the sapphire. He's, oh, come on, somebody. That's, so in heaven, what we contend for on the earth, we walk on in heaven. Hallelujah. 
So the Lord says you can't serve God and mammon. You're going to love the one more than the other. Lord. So let me tell you something about money. A lot of people ask me this. Why does God want money? Right, I'll explain this to you. Everybody understand. In heaven, there's no shortage of money. Because in heaven, heaven doesn't operate through our financial system. Now, I don't know about you. I'm speaking for myself now. I am not of this world. It means that my financial prosperity is not determined by for who I work. You didn't get that. For how, how, for how the, the, the financial system looks or what people say about a lockdown, it doesn't depend on it. My social security and my financial security comes from God alone. My pension fund is in Him. All right, let's go. I feel like preaching right now. He says, I've been young and I've been old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. No, he's the sender's begging for bread. He says, those who's rooted in the house of God shall flourish even in their old days. What does it mean? It means that when you're old but you have been rooted, God will take care of you. Hallelujah. You see, we win. Doesn't matter what the devil dishes out, we win. Now, I'm going to be your eyes on crap vandaag. But it's going to be a good one. All right. So how do I know when I serve ma'am? Okay, let me just go back to this. So God doesn't need money, but God knows if He asks for money, what He's actually asking for is your heart. Because money is attached to your heart. It's attached to your time. Where do you spend most of your time? At your job. You work and you work and you work and God says, now I want something from your heart. This is why God, when He asked Abraham for one of His sons, He didn't ask for Ishmael. He asked for Isaac. And let me help you. When God asked for Isaac, God also asked for a burnt offering. In other words, did you know that Abraham had to kill his son and also burn him? To become a burnt offering. A burnt offering required everything. So what God actually said to Abraham, I don't want just bits and pieces. I want everything. When you come before my throne and bring me a sacrifice, I want everything. So why did God want Isaac? He wasn't after Isaac. He was after Abraham. Hallelujah. So people say, well, why did God want Isaac? No, he wanted Abraham. And the only way to, to get to his heart was for his son Isaac. Now, do you get this? God gave Jesus his heart. God gave his heart when he gave his son. You want to see the heart of God the Father? Look at his son Jesus. This is why Jesus said, I can do nothing unless I see my father do it. Because God gave his heart when he gave Jesus Christ. Do you understand that? So we want to know what God's heart is like. He's a healer, a redeemer, a restorer, a rebuilder, a renewer, a reviver. Come on, he's a lover. That's who he is. Wonderful, gracious, kind, merciful, understanding. And that's just a small, I could go on until tomorrow morning. That's who God is. So if you, if you think about this is why God says money, finances, it's attached. Now, by the way, also, how, do you know how many divorces there are because of finances people quarrel about money and I'll, I'll, i'm gonna i hope i'm gonna help you today so i'm gonna give you a couple of keys how do i know when mammon is controlling me how do i know when it's mammon that controls me number one when money controls you the lord gave me a word three years ago about and he said to me the only way to master finances is to treat it as a servant let money work for you don't work for money so number one, if you want to know if money controls you, it's like, it's, uh, if you know you, you serve mammon, it's money is controlling you. In other words, money is your alpha and your omega. 
You can know who they serve when you touch their money. It's very quiet again. When you take up an offering, oh, you geld alweer. Mammon. It's not you speaking, I don't take offense. I know it's a, it's a spirit. It's a mammon spirit that wants to keep you poor. And I promise you this, there's only one way out of debt in the hour we are living in, that's through sowing. There's only one way to the top, and that's through sowing. God is a God that favors His people. You want to have the blessing of Abraham, you have to do what Abraham was doing. So we're going to get to that. So number one, if, it's, if, if finances is your alpha and your omega, you know you're controlled by mammon. Number two, when money makes decisions for you, we're supposed to make decisions for money. Money isn't supposed to make decisions for us. Now, if you come back in three months' time and you're still financially in a mess, you haven't listened to what I preach today. Because I'm about to preach you out of your situation. Come on, the anointing upon my life is not to make you feel good, it's to challenge you and to change you. Come on, and to destroy every single yoke. Shout hallelujah if you believe that. Number three, how do I know when I serve mammon? Is when my budget dictates my giving. Let me say that one more time. When my budget dictates my giving. On your budget, giving must be number one. That must be the first thing that goes out of your account. Is your giving unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, let me explain this to you. Now, we've, we've had a, a lockdown. A lot of preachers that I know didn't have food in their houses because of the lockdown. They didn't get salaries, wasn't taken care of. So many of those preachers, this is just blunt and say it, has been there for, the, there for their people, has been praying when there was sickness, has been all been there when the, when the poverty struck, the famine came, the virus came, those preachers was, was left alone. I know a preacher, six years old, kicked out of his church, kicked out of his house without a pension fund, without nothing. So I, I know exactly what I'm talking about. All right? And so in, in, when this pandemic came, I thought to myself now, in 2020, I said to myself, I'm going to have a 2020 vision. This year will be the year where I reach the most souls. For those of you that has been with us for a while, remember last year I said to you, we're going to do double this year for the Lord than we did last year. So when this pandemic happened, I thought to myself, how is this going to be possible? So one night, my wife laid in a, in a bed, the Holy Spirit spoke to her to build an app. She built an app out of nothing. She never built an app in her life. And that app has reached nations. Japan is downloading our app. Long story short, so in the month of May... We reached, I got the stats, one million people with the gospel. Without our television. You didn't get this. One million people has been reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know how much that is in one month's time? So I, when, I, when I said it, when I saw it, I said to the devil, we're like a pillar. You bring a lockdown. Jesus, I bring a breakdown. Oh, come on, somebody. And... So my wife said to me, now, in this lockdown, we're going, to feed, we're going to feed people like never before. I thought to myself, yes, yeah, she's got great faith. Or she knows she's got a great husband. I don't know. <laughs> and now people say, well, you, know, you shouldn't tell the right hand what the left hand is doing. Let me just quote you another scripture. The Bible also says, make your works known unto men so that they can see your works, so that they can glorify your Father in heaven. The Bible says, when he says, don't let your left hand know what the right hand is doing, is not to boast in yourself. How do people know that you feed the poor? And how do, you, how do people su support you if they don't know what you're doing? All right, so we fed about, I think it is about 700, almost 800 people in this lockdown with groceries. Not just a, a piece of bread, uh, grocery bags. And the Lord just supplied it. We, you know, we, I can tell you, it came from everywhere. But we've done, what I try to get to is, we have done more in this lockdown 
So the devil says, I'm going to lock you down. And he, he, I think now he's angry. Let's open up the church. Maybe they're going to do less. And you know what he did then? Then he sent some of his demons and they came and they broke into our church. And they stole some of our equipment that was on the stage. And uh, when I came in here, I was quite angry. Walked down the aisle. I said to the Lord, look at this, Lord. I'm angry. And the Lord said to me, vengeance is mine. Amen. I heard the Lord say to me, vengeance is mine. And I had peace. And I said to the Lord, Lord, I want one million people over in a month. One million heard the gospel. The seed was planted. And the enemy is so angry that he comes and steals my equipment. And I said, listen, you fool. Now it's going to cost you 10 million people. Come on. But you have to fight back. Take it back. Take back this territory. So what I tried to tell you is, what sustained me? What sustained me in this time of crisis? It's not my receiving. It's my wife's giving. And I want to tell, okay, let me go another one. And I'm going to tell you something about your wife's. Brownie points on this one. Number four. Number four, how do I know that mammon moves me is when we observe the wind when we sow. If you look at the wind and say, nah, it's going to be bad. Isaac, the Bible says, was in a famine and the Lord said, don't leave the land. Sow into that land and the same year I'll give you back a hundredfold. Who remembers that? Okay, now let me explain something to you. The Bible says wherever there's a unity, God releases a blessing. Say unity. You'll always see, if, uh, before, when a husband and wife quarrels, before there's a quarrel, before there's a fight, there's a spiritual attack in the heavens over your life. People don't know this. So what do we do? We retaliate through our flesh. And do you know what we do? Especially the ladies, they want to have the last say. But you must know it. It's happening in this church. Look how bad these men are for the women. Yeah. Alright? Come on, you know what I'm talking about. It's a quarrel, and then the quarrel goes bigger and bigger and bigger. And if you understand this, there's a fight in the heavenlies. The, the, your financial situation right now is because of a financial or, or a spiritual attack on your finances. And now it reflects in the natural. So if you can discern that this is a spiritual attack, not a physical attack. Come on, your wife doesn't want to attack you physically. Sometimes she wants to. She feels like it, but it's really not her, all right? It's, it's more of a, of a spiritual attack. But the Bible says, so wherever there's unity, listen, the Bible even says, if a, if a husband and wife is angry at each other and they go to bed at night without making it right, their prayers will be hindered. So a lot of you, the wives go into their, her room and she complains, Lord, this husband that you've given me. Lord, don't give me power, I'll kill him. And the husband prays, Lord, this wife that you've given me. Lord, don't give me power, I'll kill her, Lord. But what you must do, get together. And say, we're going to take hands and rebuke this thing right now. Devil, you will, because now God listens and there's a breakthrough. So God releases blessing wherever there's unity. Now, now I'm going to get personal. If marriages, people that's married want to see a financial turnaround in their lives, do not split your finances. What do you mean they sell all right? You get your salary, your wife gets her salary, and then she has to borrow money from you at the end of the month for food that you also eat. Can I please borrow some money? Why? What do you need? Groceries. I'll give it to you back next month. But he also eats. Oh, come on, guys. Help me out. You know, my money is my money, and your money is your money. And then your wife says, yes, and your money is my money, and my money is my money. <laughs> There's a blessing. Because the Bible says when, when, a, when a couple is married, God doesn't see man and woman. He sees one. 
He says one. So in other words, when Eileen is spending, he's basically spending. Lord is not me. <laughs> Luckily she doesn't spend, but But this is how it's, so God sees you as one. Do you hear me? God sees you as one. So when I always say to Eileen, I always say to her, my money is your money. Your money is my money. And our money is not our money. It belongs to the Lord. We came to a place in our lives long ago where we knew nothing is ours. Not even our children. I always tell my mother-in-law, I said, don't get attached to stuff. You, I, I borrow her my bulldog for a couple of days. She's attached. She's a bulldog now. You know? Don't get attached. Nothing is yours. Everything belongs to the Lord. Everything belongs to Him, even your bulldog. Everything is His. Are you with me? So then, then if I know it's not my money, I don't know if this is maybe this is a, a marriage seminar, but somebody needs to hear this. When I know it's not my money, and I know it's not your money, then why will we fight about money? She's not spending my money, I'm not spending her money, we're spending the Lord's money, and you know what I'm talking about. But this, I work for my money. No, no, no. Let me tell you what the Word of God says. Remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you power to get wealth. The blessing of the Lord maketh a man rich, and he has no sorrow to it. Hard work does not get you rich. The blessing of the Lord, the favor of the Lord, the same favor that was on Israel and on Abraham, come on, and on Isaac and on Jacob, that same favor is available for you and for me. Now, here's the thing. So, you want to have the blessing of God, then you have to get to that place where you say, Lord, we're not going to divide our finances because we are one. But I can go deeper. I'm not going to touch that now, but I can go deeper on that one. Our money is one. I know a lot of guys don't like that. I earn more. Let me explain something to you. The reason why Abraham was blessed is because of his wife, Sarah. Read the scripture. They came to Egypt. Abraham told Sarah, you're not my wife, you're my sister. So the king received Sarah because he thought it was Abraham's sister. And then in the, in the night, the Lord appeared and he said, if you touch this man's wife, I'll kill you. I'll take you out. And the king was so upset that Abraham lied to him. That he, and, and by the way, Abraham didn't lie to him. Read the Bible. It was his sister. All right, you can, you can study that. But long story short, then the king said, hang on, take your wife, take the gold, Take the silver, take all the cattle, just go. That's favor. He would have never received the favor, the blessing, if it wasn't for his wife. Oh, it's still a bastard. So when you are favored, men, it's because of the ruby next to you. All right. Uh, uh, That's a disaster. Your mistress's name is Ruby. No, not Ruby. Your jewel. <laughs> Who's this? This is Ruby. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you, so, the, so your wife, the, the, the favor on her causes you to prosper. Somebody here. So you please, that's number one that you have to understand. When it comes to the blessing of the Lord in a, in a marriage, you have to never separate your finances because then the devil knows there is not this unity here. There's a unity. And the Bible says where there's unity, God causes to people to prosper. He releases a blessing. Say blessing. Now, if money was so bad, I hear a lot of people say, well, money is so bad, so why do you work for money? You have to work for free. All right? You have to work for free. Somebody asked us one day, do you also pay water and lights? Because you're a pastor. I said, no. And, you, and do you pay for your tickets when you fly? Absolutely not. I'm a preacher. 
You know, imagine I call Absol and say, hey, where's, your, where's your bond money? I'm just waiting on the Lord. They're going to, what? I'm taking back your house. So yes, we pay. Come on, say he pays. He pays, all right. So we, we do the same as you. We also pay for stuff. We never get freebies, all right? We pay for everything. But I, I said to the Lord, Lord, if Abraham was so blessed that the Bible calls him one of the richest men alive in his time, and your word says that he, the blessing that's on him is for me and on my children's children. And I started going into the word of God. I started seeing that Abraham had a covenant of God. Look at Genesis chapter 12 quickly. Genesis chapter 12. I believe that the word of God, you know what the Bible says? It says that when the word goes out, God will make it happen. It says God honors his word. And signs and wonders accompany the word of God. So why do I preach on the blessing of God? Because it means that the blessing of God must manifest in your life. Again, it's quiet. Okay. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord had said to Abraham, get out, oh, Abraham, get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house. And I want you to pause there and look at me quickly. It's not going to sound so nice, but it's truth. Many times the blessing is away from the distractions. Many times the blessing is not in the place of familiarity. It's in the place of, uh, of uncomfort. It's not comfortable. Go to a place where I'll show you. Where the, where's the place? I'll show you. So God doesn't tell you the specifics. It means he keeps you away from your comfortability. Every time I, I became comfortable in a, in a section of my life, God shook it. And then I wonder, where's God in all of this? No, God is there, but he's just shaking your comfort zone. So when God said to Abram, go away from what you know. Go away from your comfort zone. So I want you to understand that you can write this down. The first, the blessing comes... Not in the place of comfort. The blessing comes in the place of discomfort. Where I have to rely on God 100%. You will always have a need as, as long as you don't depend on God 100%. You have to rely on God for the next. Lord, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know where the food will come from. But I know to whom I belong. I know what your word says. That's what you need to understand. So it's not a place of comfortability. He says, I, and then here comes the blessing. He says, I will show you a land. He says, I will take you to a land that I will show you. Then I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you. That word bless doesn't just mean he will bless you financially. He blesses you spiritually. He blesses you physically. He blesses you financially. He blesses your relationships. He blesses your marriage. He blesses your children's children. When God says, I will bless you, he means I will bless you. Now, I'm just reading to you what God has promised to Abraham. So if God has promised this to Abraham, God has promised this to you. So this is what God is saying to you. Get out of your comfort zone and I will bless you. And he goes on, he says, and I will make your name great. You know what God will do? I, I, I want you to hear me right now. Stop trying to defend your name. Whether you lose or whether you win, people will, you'll still be the topic in people's conversations. Oh, I'm going to speak to my friends this time. Maybe you hear me. Stop defending your name. God says, I will vindicate you. I will make your name great. So you try to defend your name. Whether you lose or whether you win, you will be the topic. Oh, that helped me. Thank you, Jesus. You don't have to. He says, I will make your name great. I will make your name great. I will do what, what people said you can't do. I will do it through you. I will, people say, well, he came from the poorest of the poor. Well, God says, that's enough. I'm going to bless him out of his socks. He's going to make your name great. He says, and you shall be a blessing. Why does God bless you financially? It's here. To be a blessing. God never blesses you to... Now, this is just, this is just me. 
if, if, if I have to go on holiday and I, and I make my budget and I say, okay, it's going to cost 100,000 rand. We're going to go to Bora Bora. <laughs> Bora Bora. Cost me 100,000 rand. I have to think to myself and say, have I ever given unto the Lord 100,000 rand? If I say no, I, don't have to, I, I shouldn't go to Bora Bora. All right, let me go a step further. I see this nice car I want to buy. Cost you 200,000 rand. I'm going to buy it cash. Have I ever given to the Lord 200,000? No, don't buy the car. Because where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. And, and so a lot of people, when God blesses you, imagine you are blessed with 12 Ferraris. It's awesome. But God doesn't give you 12 Ferraris so that you can display it on social media. He gives you 12 Ferraris to be a blessing. Lord, where can I send a Ferrari? Lord, can I just give you my address if somebody... <laughs> so he blesses you to what? To be a blessing. And please hear me, when God gives you money, I'm talking to you about money right now. When God gives you money, you're going to have to give accountability for what you've done with your finances. Because the finances is not yours, it's His finances. You know, Eileen and myself, many years ago, we traveled to Durban. There was a, a speaker from overseas. I don't like to call him a speaker. He's a great man of God. And so he ministered that night. And we, she, before the service started, we went to the ATM and withdrew all our cash, everything that we had. So we, that night, the service started and we gave all our, all our finances. Now, I had to go back to Johannesburg. There's no money in the account, but I have a crazy wife. So she gave away everything. And the preacher came to us and they said, please stay another night. Now we have to stay in a hotel. We don't have money. And so somebody out of the blue, there's money. Money came into our account, somebody put in the money. And um, you know what, we, we slept, and the next morning, there was more money in, and she withdrew everything again, and she gave it away again. <laughs> and so that night, we had to leave, so we are driving, and here goes, burst our tire, my whole tire. Boosh. I don't have a tire, I don't have cash, and uh, I just called upon Jehovah Jireh, and here he came, and he helped, and somebody bought me a tire. A guy called me, said, I'm going to just pay money in for tires. Thank you, Jesus. So what I tried to say is, we know what it means to, when it comes to everything. You give everything unto the, God, unto the Lord. You know, before I give, I promise you, this is what I do. What is hurting me? What is getting to my heart? If I sow something and my heart is not attached to it, it's not a sacrifice. You don't get that. That's deep. It, if it breaks my heart, you want to click, but you don't want to click. Paul says, that which I want to do, I don't do. And that's what I don't want to do, I, that I do. So you want to click that, you don't want to click it, but eventually you click it. And you know what? And, and it's a, it, you've never sown that much in your life, and you walk away, and suddenly there's a peace that surpasses all understanding. Amen. Then you know God is happy with that. Somebody listening. Amen. Are you listening? Okay, so he, if, if, if God gives you 10 properties, you can't live in 10 properties at once. I don't want to, I don't want to sound arrogant when I say this. There's nothing under this sun that myself and my wife have not sowed. If you can think about it, I've given it away. Do you know why? Because I knew a day will come that I will have a need. And what do I do? Then I go to the Lord and say, Lord, you remember my seed. Because the Bible says that if, if you, the, the seed, when you plant seed, it must produce 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. And I knew if I need love, what do I do? I don't sow money, I sow love. So I know if I need love, I have to sow more love. That's just how it works. So I've sowed, we've sowed every single, if you can think about it, we've given it away. We've given it away because I knew the day will come. You have to build yourself something in a time of calm that will keep you in a time of storm. 
We've sown when the whole world says, keep your money. We, we've given it away. I don't even tell you all the stuff. But I, I promise you, when I, I got into the word of God and I saw that his word is yes and amen, I started to do all those things. So he blessed you to do what to bless you. He says, he will make your name great. You shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I want you to pause there. I will bless those who bless you. Now, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to myself. Anybody that blesses you, God says, I will bless them. Now, let me rephrase that. If I'm in covenant with God and somebody comes to bless me, what God is saying, because you've blessed him, I will surely bless you. But the covenant works both ways. Now God says, because that man's in covenant with me, because you cursed him. Oh, I will curse you. That's what covenant says. Covenant means that whoever touches you, touches him. If I, myself and Tinnitus is in covenant, it means that whoever attacks him, attacks me, and vice versa, because we're in covenant. Now I'm in covenant with Irvin. And so the more, in the old covenant, by the way, they cut their the arms. So if I had a covenant with Uncle Denzel, we cut arms, he cut his arm, we shake hands, our blood mix, I go to Tinnitus, then to Irvin, and then to Justin, and the more cuts I had, and I walk down the street, people will know, okay, he's in covenant with 10 people. If I touch him, I touch his mother-in-law, I touch his whole family. That's covenant. So here this covenant says that if you're in covenant with God, whoever bless you, God says, I will bless them. So do you know what you need to do? Can I give you a quick example? Find a covenant person and bless them. Oh, you didn't get that. It was quiet. You maybe. Get a covenant person and bless them. And then God says, I'll bless you. And then don't find the covenant person and curse them because then God says, now you're in trouble. I'm going to curse you. Amen. I will curse him who curses you and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Do you know what this means? God will bless your generation up to a thousand of them. A thousand of generations shall be blessed. So in, in the Bible you will find four, times, four types of giving. And there's a reason why I say this because before the service end, you'll be in Egypt and you will not leave Egypt with your cattle alone. You'll leave Egypt with your gold and with your silver. Come on somebody. you leave Egypt I, 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 I said to the Lord something. I said, Lord, I want to be debt free completely before the end of this year. I don't, want to, I don't want to owe anybody anything except to love one another. One great man told me the one day, he said, I am 33 years in ministry. He said, 40, 34 years in ministry and 33 years debt free. I don't owe a man a dime. He said, do you know what my secret is to success? He says, I've given when everybody says don't give. He says, I've given and I've given. He says, I have so much now that I, know what, no, I don't know what to do with it. Now that's covenant. Come on, that's covenant. Let me explain something before I go to the forgivings. Who remembered when God said to Solomon, I'll give you anything that you desire. Ask me whatever, I'll give it to you. Have you noticed Solomon didn't say, give me money. Most of us would say, money, Lord. Oh, give me 10 million, Lord. <laughs> Amen. And a year from now, 10 million, gone. But Solomon said, Lord, give me wisdom. And when he had wisdom, he got money. Because his wisdom helped him to, to uh, run his finances. So now he had a double blessing. He had wisdom and he had money. And so the Bible calls him the richest man ever. Even up to the day, he was, he's not a man alive that was as rich as Solomon was. Because of wisdom. So God gives you wisdom. Say wisdom. wisdom. One more time, wisdom. So when you operate godly principles, you operate godly wisdom, and God will bless you. So the four givings, according to the Bible, number one is a tithing. Now, on the, on the subject of a tithe, let me explain this to you. 
Who believes, first of all, that you are the seed of Abraham? Lift your hand if you believe that. Okay, so did you know, in according to the book of Hebrews, chapter 7, you can read it, chapter, and chapter 8, you can read this, that Abraham paid tithes to Melchizedek. And when Abraham paid tithes to Melchizedek, it was long before the law. The law, Abraham wasn't in the law. The law came after that. The law came with Moses. So Abraham gave tithe. People say tithing is law-based, but he didn't pay tithing in the, in the law. He paid tithe before the law. So Abraham paid tithe to Melchizedek. Melchizedek was a high priest. A high priest would take the money, he would take the, the, the tithe, whatever the tithe was, if it consisted out of uh, cattle, whatever it was. They would rep- he would go in into the Holy of Holies and represent it unto God. So the high priest takes your tithe and presents it unto the Lord as a sign of worship. Now the Bible says now we have a great high priest in heaven who also receives the tithes. That's deep. So what we do is when I give my tithe unto the Lord, Jesus Christ takes it to the Father as a sign of my worship. It's quiet. What does the tithe do? The tithe put God first. A tithe is actually just saying that the Lord is number one in my life. Peso, do you tithe? Yes. I don't just tithe, I twentieth. I told my wife the one that I said it's time that we save. She rebuked me. She said the only one that saves is Jesus. I always wondered why does she say this? A guy asked me the other day. He said, "Are you are you making sure that the day when you go on, to, on pension that you're that you're okay financially?" I said, "Absolutely." I said, "When I get to heaven, I'll be on pension." Amen. I said, "It will be more than enough." He said, "So you're not going to go on pension?" I said, "No. When I'm 120 on this earth before Jesus came, what will you find Basil doing? Preach. I'll preach. I'll run down the aisle. I'll shout in your face. I'll grab you." Amen. You know, you can go on pension. I can't. This is not my job, it's my calling. Woe is me if I do not preach this gospel. Why do I preach on this this morning? Because, or today rather. It's because I want to see people prosper. I want to see people far above any form of lack. Because God gets no glory when His people have lack. Now how many of you like to see your children suffer? It's not God. Or get. It's not God. God loves when His children is blessed. How many of you, when your children comes to home and asking for bread, your children ask, Oh, Father, if it's your will, can I have some bread to eat? No, you don't do that. Mikasa is sukasa. You know how loving our Heavenly Father is that He wants to bless you? You can't, I don't have to go to God. Oh, God, if it's Thy will to bless me, please do. No, I'll never get my prayers answered. His will for me is to prosper. John says, I pray that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. God wants you to prosper. Do you understand that? God gets no glory when you do not prosper. Satan loves at you when you do not prosper. You need money. I said you need money. Who doesn't need money? Please send it my way. You need money. You know, if I have one conference overseas, it costs me a million rand to win souls. A million rand. This venue costs us 100,000 a month to keep open. All right, we are having church services for 50 people, but we still do it. Why? We want to see people prosper. So your tithe puts you on, your tithe puts you on the top of the barrel. You know what happens with a tithe? The Bible says that God will open up the windows for you. 
and pour out such a blessing that you can't contain. And with that, God says it's protection for your finances. He says he rebukes the devourer for your sake. So let me explain this to you. Your car tires. You drive your car and the tires just keeps going and going. Your washing machine doesn't break. Oh, your fridge works longer and longer. How many of you are, are tithing? You, you're a tither and your fridge doesn't die. Because if you tithe, your money just is be, just being stretched. You know, I know somebody personal, close to me. and said to me, Vessel, I give my tithe more than what I can. It's not just my tithe. I give over and above. He says, and when I give the money, I think to myself, you're crazy, you fool. You're not going to make it this month. He says, at the end of the month, he's got money left. He says before he started tithing, in the middle of the month he needed money. He says then he needed to make a plan. He says but the tithing has put him on top. Who believes that God wants you to eat from the top and not from the barrel? Now let me just explain this. The tithing is not the alpha and the omega. Because what if God asks you for 20% this month? What if he asks you for 40%, 50%, 60%? I always tell people this. If people ask me, do I just need to tithe? No. because The tithe is just, it's just that that uh, covenant of God that Abraham had, Lord, I'll put you first. Then the Bible speaks about an offering. An offering is the only, the only uh, seed that you give where the Bible speaks about the ratio in return. It speaks about the 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. That's what the Bible teaches us. Some 30-fold, some 60-fold, some 100-fold. That happens when you what? do what? You sacrifice. You know the word sacrifice? Do you know what it means? It costs you something. So it must cost you something. So when it's a sacrifice unto you. Now, let me say this to you for the folks of, some of the folks that, that haven't heard this before. When God said to Abraham, take Isaac, your son, go to the mountain where I will show you. Give me five more minutes and we will pray. Go to the mountain where I will show you. And I, the Bible says Abraham took his servants with him. And they went to the mountain where the God showed them. Abraham didn't have an idea where the mountain will be. But eventually he came up to Mount Moria. Moria was Golgotha, the highest because Golgotha. God took Abraham and Isaac to Golgotha, ultimately where Jesus would have died for us. So when Abraham came to Golgotha, God said to him, obviously I want you to sacrifice your son, kill him, and make a burnt offering. In other words, set your son alight after you killed him. A burnt offering required everything. So everything on the altar would have been consumed. That's, that's actually horrible. And Abraham knew that is what God told him to do. But Abraham told his servants, me and the son, me and the lad, we're going to go and worship. Now, do you know what? It makes me so emotional just to think about this. Abraham knew I'm going to kill my son. I'm going to set him on fire. He's going to burn. But yet he had such faith in God that he believed that God will raise his son from the dead. And some of us said, yeah, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But Abraham believed and was accounted as righteousness unto him. And he's at the mountain. He says, my son and I are going to go and worship. On my way to Paul Aquinas, the one that the Lord gave me this revelation as I was driving. The Lord said to me, if your, your sacrifice must form part of your worship. Because God said to Abraham, sacrifice, Abraham said worship. So your sacrifice must be your worship. If your sacrifice does not form part of your worship, you will worship what you were supposed to sacrifice. It will cost you everything because you were disobedient. And I like this. So Abraham and the, and the lad walked up the mountain this side. That side, I like to call the ram breakthrough. So Abraham and Isaac is walking up this side of the mountain. And the ram called breakthrough is walking on the other side of the mountain. When Abraham and Isaac stops, the ram stops. When Abraham and Isaac walks, the ram walks. 
When Abraham got onto the mountain and tied up his boy just before he wanted to kill him, God called from heaven. And the Bible says, as Abraham looked up behind him, there was a ram caught in the thicket. The same time Abraham's walking up, he's breakthrough. So the Bible says that sacrifice, it's costing you something. 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. I know I said this here before, let me say this again. I stood next to the swimming pool the one night, and I was praying for financial breakthrough. I, I needed about 30,000 rand the next day. I said the next day, right? So hear me. 30,000 rand the next day. So I was standing at the pool, and I said, Lord, my wife is sleeping in the room. She wasn't really sleeping. I don't know how she sleeps. This is my words to the Lord. I don't, I've got no idea how she sleeps. By the way, the next day I said to her, how can you sleep in turmoil? And then she said to me, the Lord says he gives his beloved in their sleep. Yeah. I thought, that's a revelation. So as, the more I sleep, the more I get. So when your, when your wives love to sleep, don't leave them. The Lord is giving unto them. So, so I said, Lord, she's sleeping. I've got no idea how she sleeps, but I need 30,000 rand. Lord, I need a breakthrough. And I just want to remind you of our covenant. So the next day I was preaching somewhere and somebody came with a white envelope and I just put it in my pocket and we after the service and we left and it started burning my pocket you know the skirahit I pulled it out and I saw there's a check 30,000 rand check cash check yes and I almost rolled that car I said Ali look at this while you were sleeping I was praying God answered me not even in 24 hours look at this as he grabbed the check and says hallelujah this is for somebody else I said I am that somebody else she says no it's not no, it's not for you I said for who is it she said, there's another preacher couple. They need the money. I said, can't you see we are the preacher couple? Here's a mirror. He sees us. We need it. And she says, no, it's somebody else. And, and, I, said, and I, I, I said to myself, I thought to myself, look at this crazy woman. And I said, you are wrong. And she says, I'm right. You know, and it goes on back and forth. And I said, she says, we're going to go to their house. And then when we get there, we'll give them the money. And I said to her, all right. If we get to their house and they open up the door and they smile, you don't give the check. She says, why not? I said, because people with financial trouble don't smile. I said, that's our cue. So we got to the people and they opened up the door and they were smiling. Here my check. I said, there's no problems here. The people are happy. And, and, and so we walked in and sat there and they spoke out like this. There's nothing wrong. And eventually Eileen said, well, the reason why we were here, we just want to give you this. And she handed them the check. And the, the, I think it was the wife fell on her knees the husband cried, the wife cried, Eileen cried, and then I cried. <laughs> and I said to her, I told you so. <laughs> now, they have a breakthrough. They, they were praying for exactly 30,000 rand, the, the couple. Exactly, they were praying for 30,000 rand. So now we go home, and Eileen goes to bed. And I'm looking for a swimming pool. <laughs> and I stand, I said, Lord. I said, please hear me, Lord. It wasn't me. My wife gave away the money. You know, so my, my, my faith was saying, thank you, Jesus, I could have been a blessing. But my faith also says, but no. So I, I promise you my words were, Lord, I didn't give away the money. It was that wife that you've given me. And you know, I, I even had a conversation. I said, you have to remember, Lord, when you created them, we were asleep. We've got no idea what you put into them. Think about that. So many guys tells me, I don't understand my wife. You will never. When they were created, you were sleeping. So what God has put into them, I've got no idea. I asked the Lord, why didn't we get an instruction manual? 
how to handle your wife for dummies. But, <laughs> so I, I promise you, I reminded the Lord, I said, it's my wife, Lord. It's my wife. Next day I was preaching somewhere else. Somebody came to me, gave me an envelope. I put it in my pocket. I drove. It's just burning again. Same story. I opened it up. I saw it's a check, 30,000 rand. The next day now. Now I know I can't hide anything from my wife. She's my conscience. I said, I want to tell you something. She says, how much? <laughs> I said, look at this, but please. I beg you, this one is mine. And she looks at it. Ah, oh, this is for somebody. I thought, there we go again. She says, no, this one you can keep. <laughs> oh, and I thank God. And the next, that same night, I went to the same place. I said, Lord, I just want to thank you. I thought I needed 30000 that same day. Now, I need it now. God gave me the money to give to somebody else. And God helped me with another day. So the money came to me, and I thanked the Lord, and the next day somebody came to me, gave me 30,000 rand. The day after that, somebody came to me and gave me another 30,000 rand. In other words, I, I, I prayed for 30,000, I got 90,000, because I gave away 30,000. Now, now, let me tell you when a blessing happens for, and this is, this is really powerful. When a return of, now we don't give to, return, to receive something back, but it's stupid to give something and don't expect something back. God promises there's a blessing when you give, all right? So when you give, when you don't give religiously, you don't give out of compulsion, you don't give out of feeling, but you give out of obedience. That's where the blessing lies, because obedience is better than sacrifice. Is everybody here? That's just one of the stories. I can go on and on and on. And on about the blessing of the Lord. One day, I, I told this before, I know there's a couple of people that haven't heard this, so just quickly. I had to pay rent many years ago. I had to pay rent, so I, I didn't have a car, so I had to walk. I was working for the, for, the, for, the, for the ministry, I was working for the Lord. Uh, there, there wasn't money to pay, so I had to walk to the ATM, seven kilometers, got there, checked the ATM, no money. Walked back home, got to Eileen, she says, and how much money? I said, no money. She says, hang on. She ran to the room, she prayed, she came out, she said, okay, go again. I said, what do you mean? I just got back, here's the slip, insufficient funds. Now, if you ever get a, a slip that says insufficient funds, go to another bank. You don't need that negativity in your life. Right. In actual fact, don't ask for a slip, right? And she says, go back again. Now, I said, I'm not going to walk back. You walk back, and I'm moaning. I'm walking back. I said, Lord, just this woman... Say said lack of cozy on your head and act with Got to the ATM the exact amount that I needed to pay. Don't ask me how. People are gonna say I'm lying now, but God's my witness. I took two of my cameramen. I stood at the ATM. I had to travel somewhere. Put in the card. Out comes insufficient funds. They stood right next to me. They said, "What are we gonna do now?" I said, "How did I torture before?" I said, "Let's pray." I prayed. Everyone, there's a queue. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, my great provider. Your word says that you will ever, where you send, you'll provide. Put the card back, out comes money. I heard the Lord say to me, how much do you need? Punch it in. So I knew the petrol and, and when I get there, there's a guest house. And so I punch in the money, out comes money. I can tell you stories about a provider. I've seen it. I've seen it firsthand, what the favor of God causes people to be. Is somebody here. Then number three, alms. Alms is when you, it's your charitable deeds when you give unto the poor. People that can't help themselves, you give unto them. The Bible says the return of an alm is, the Bible says that those who, who give unto the poor lend to the Lord. 
So in other words, if you are giving out bread to the poor, you're going to look like an Albany company very soon. <laughs> because God says he must repay all the bread that you've given out to the poor. You have a big problem, by the way. You see, that's faith. He says now they're going to give out more meat. Less bread, more meat. You know? So w- the Bible says that when you, when you give out your alm, God will repay you. And then the number four is your first fruit. Le- people don't know what a first fruit is. In, in the biblical times, the first fruit, they had a decision to make. It either goes to the priest that is ministering the word or it goes to the temple or the church. And so the first fruit was for the new year, you get an increase. Say for instance, you get a 2,000 increase on your paycheck. Your first fruit is 2,000 rand. After that, it's yours. That's our first fruit work. Right, so there's four types of giving. But all four givings require the same thing. Give out of love, not grudgingly. Not because somebody forced you, not religiously. Not because I say the first people that give 10,000 rand will be millionaires. The first people that give 10,000 rand will be millionaires. Luckily, you'll never hear this from this church. But what I can tell you, if you want to prosper, be a giver. If you want to live in the overflow, be a giver. The blessing will locate you. Come on, the river will seek you out. The blessing will always be there. You'll have more than enough. You'll never lack anything. Anything. Is somebody here? You'll never lack anything. God will take care of you. You know, when we didn't have a car, we prayed for a car. My wife gave a car away. I don't need a hand any longer. Here's a car for you, sir. Another pastor. Here's a car. Take a car. All right, Lord. You know, with my wife, what I've learned from her, and this is why I say when you have a wife, you have favor from God. And I always take the credit, but it's actually a Robbie. <laughs> but, do you know, sometimes she, she does stuff. And maybe you guys can help me out. And I, I think to myself, where does she get the faith? Where does she get the faith? And then she comes to me and she says, I'm just doing it. You have to have the faith for it. <laughs> so when I do it, I push you. Because I know your limit. And sometimes she pushes me to my limit. <laughs> and then tomorrow she pushes me again. And I, then I know I can do some stretching. That's how faith comes. This is why two is better than one. This is when you are two and you become one. That the blessing of God is there. Then I want to I finish off with this. So when God said to, to Moses, go into, Israel, go into Egypt and go and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. God had a plan. And I want to... Boston, just help me. I want you to, I want to prophesy this in your heart, in your spirit, man. God has a plan for you. Please hear me. God has a plan for you. And I, I want to say this under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. That days from today, not weeks, days from today, you will see the effect of this day. You will see a, a, a total turnaround. God prepared me and said to me, declare this word and I'll back it up. And I'm declaring to you that you will see a turnaround. There's things going to turn around. But you have to come to that place in your life where you say, when I go back to Egypt, I'm not just here to take back the cattle and the herd. I'm taking back what's rightfully mine. Whatever belongs to the Lord is mine. If the enemy has stolen your marriage, don't leave it in Egypt. Go back and say in the name of Jesus, I'm taking back my joy. I'm taking back my life. I'm taking back my finances. I'm taking back my business. In the hour that we are living in, no job is secure. 
No investment in the world is secure. The only thing that is secure is the kingdom of God. Let me just say this. I want to, I want to preach this to myself. Every single person in this place work will come to nothing. But the work of a preacher will always stand for all of eternity. Hear me right now. I, I had so many people that mock me because I'm a preacher. But let me tell you, this preacher's work will never go, go to nothing. It will always stand. Come on, when, 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 when finances are, 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 are gone and companies are closing down, there's still a preacher preaching the word to you. The, the word of God still has an effect. You know how many people I preach to all over the world and, this, and the messages that I preach to them, it still carries substance in their life. So the work of a preacher will always stand. And you have to hear me. You have to make up your mind today. Now also please, I want to add to this. We, we, the Bible says that God gave Solomon wisdom. You can also can't say, well, the blessing makes me rich so I don't have to work. The Bible says if you want to eat, you have to work. If you don't eat, you, you shouldn't even have bread on your table. You have to work to eat. Somebody help me. Even if it's working for yourself, but you have to work to eat. That's just kingdom law. But I'm speaking to people in this place, this, this day, that you need, a, you need a miracle. Some area of your life. I'm preaching to myself, I want to buy this DVD myself. I'm, I'm preaching to myself. I'm going back to Egypt and taking back what is rightfully mine. God has allowed Pharaoh's heart to be hardened because God knew what I'm busy doing behind the scenes, no man will be able to stop. And I want you to press in right now and take this word with everything that you've got. The blessing is yours. You are part of the blessing of Abraham. There's so much more I need to stop, otherwise I'm not going to stop. But the blessing of Abraham is yours. It's your children's children's. Do you know what I do when I pray every night? I say to the Lord, Lord, remember my children. Remember my covenant with you and remember them. Because God is a God of covenant and a relational God. And He takes care of generations to come. And if you're in covenant with God, I promise you, your children will be secure. Who's listening to me? When you're in covenant with the Lord, don't worry about what your wife is doing, what your husband is doing. If you're in covenant, He will wake you up and say, Hey, He'll sort you out. Bang, bang. Quick, quick. You're in covenant. Do you know what happens with covenant? Nothing catches you by surprise. The Lord prepares you. Come on, somebody say covenant. You know what I said to the Lord? I said to the Lord, when I heard Smith Wigglesworth said, Lord, I'll preach, but I ask you to always take care of me. When I saw he said it, I said to the Lord, Lord, please take care of me. Now I preach with holes in my shoes, holes in my pockets. I preach with hand-me-downs. A preacher felt so sorry for me that he bought me a, a suit. And that was my only suit. I carried that suit everywhere. You, I preached at his church, he felt so sorry for me, he bought me a, a suit. <laughs> but you know what? Through all those days, I can look back and say he sustained me. He's faithful. Look around you. You're here, you made it. He sustained you. He took care of you. But now I just need to get to your mind and change your mindset because as a man think of so easy. As long as you have this biggest mentality, you'll remain that. Come on, as long as you have this poverty mentality, you'll remain poor. You have to change your thinking. The Bible says that I have to renew my mind. I have the mind of Christ. Start to think your husband beautiful. <laughs> as a man think of so easy. Who says right now in the name of Jesus, I'm not, I'm not just here for the hurt. I'm not just here for the cattle. 
My Father has more. Maybe you here. My Father has more. To Him belongs the gold and the silver. And I, you know, I want to pray that God will give people great ideas for business. That He will wake you up with a business idea. And that He will fund your idea. I want to do that because I feel an anointing on that. Quickly stand on your feet for me. I want you just to put your hand, one hand on your heart. And I want those who I'm speaking to now must take this word. I want to pray for business ideas, that God will give you ideas, that ideas will come to you. Lord, it is written in your word, remember the Lord your God. It is He who gives you power to get wealth. I pray, Lord, for godly wisdom for your people, that you'll give them wisdom in Jesus' mighty name, that you'll give them dreams and visions, and they will know exactly what to do. I pray business ideas will come to them in the name of Jesus. I pray right now, Father, dreams and visions, I pray. I thank you, Lord, that you sustain them. Each one under the sound of my voice, I declare the anointing of God over them. I thank you, you sustain them supernaturally. I thank you, Lord, that they are always the head and never the tail. Your word says in Deuteronomy 28, if we diligently obey the voice of God, the blessing shall not just come upon us, but it shall also overtake us. We will be blessed in the city and we will be blessed in the field. Blessed sitting down, blessed standing up, blessed inside, blessed outside, blessed on every side. Goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. With long life will He satisfy us. He'll give us peace that surpasses all understanding. I heard in my spirit, somebody praying to the Lord. And He said, Lord, I've got a pay cut and I need you to intervene for me. I pray, Father, in Jesus' name. That what the enemy has taken, they will not just get what's rightfully theirs. They will get what's rightfully yours. Because we are heirs of salvation. I pray that you will provide supernatural. Come if you need provision. I want you to call upon the name of the Lord. Say, Lord, I want to agree that you will provide. I will lack no good thing. It is written in your word that the righteous will lack nothing. That you'll take care of the righteous. Come on, receive this anointing. Lift those hands with me. Come on, all across this place. Lord, I release this anointing. Let this power, let it shake them, Father, in Jesus' name. Let it shake them in Jesus' name. Let your anointing flow. Come on, you have to say, Lord, I'm, I'm taking back my marriage in Egypt. I'm not leaving it in Egypt. I'm not going to... I'm not going to let the enemy take what is rightfully mine. Taking back my joy, my peace. Pharaoh said, go, but leave all that's, that's yours here. You say, no more. I'm taking back what is mine. Come on, if two more agrees, it shall be done. Father, I want to ask you in the simplest form possible. Do for these people that your word promises because you answer not by many words you answer by faith whether somebody prays by faith you answer and I want to simply ask by faith in Jesus name that you will take care of your people as every eye is closed sometimes I look at people and I want to sit in a corner and cry and I always thought to myself why I really believe that sometimes this is how Jesus feels when he looks at you this is what he weeps for you. He loves you so, so much. 
Why don't you just give him a chance and say, Lord, my finances is no more mine, it's yours. My marriage, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fight it anymore, Lord, it's yours. This ministry is yours, Lord. I give you everything. Take it as a burnt offering. I give you everything. The Holy Spirit, thank you. Make him real. Make Jesus real to each one. Come on, he's here right now. Touching every heart, every life. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. There's a woman that said, you said to your husband before you came to the service, you said, we need a breakthrough today. Or I don't know what we're going to do. But the Lord has heard the petition of your prayer. He heard the cry of your heart. And I want you to hear me in quietness and in trust. Salvation lies. And he will speak to you when you're quiet. There's a storm raging in your heart at the moment. And as soon as you surrender that to the Lord, He'll get your answer. And He'll show you the way to go. But Lord, I want to ask you in Jesus' name, 24-hour turnarounds for your people. Breakthrough after breakthrough. You said to me days, not weeks, days. I want to ask you in days' time that people will not just receive a measure of breakthrough, but they will be baffled at what you've done. And then there's people that stand here. God wants to give you a 24-hour turnaround in your life. And I thank you so much, Lord, in Jesus' name. It shall be done. Bless your people right now. I want you to declare this with me. I am blessed. Because I belong to the Lord. Come on, say this. I am in covenant. I have covenant rights. I'm the blessed of the Lord. I am part of Abraham's blessing. I receive the word today. I make it my own. In Jesus' name. Come on, the people of God shout, Amen. Give Jesus a great shout of praise.